Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Well, one of our uh, great sponsors of our coverage in any time we've been to the Super Bowl has been U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company with Captain Kai Kizzy. And this is a great segment to have with, of course, U.S. Army Green Beret Nate Boyer, former Texas, always a current former University of Texas football player. We've had you on many times. How yes, you sir. been? How's life? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing really well. Doing, you know, awesome. doing really well. You know, I just realized that you were probably one of the only people on earth that you are a Texas Longhorn and also uh, part of a 12th man. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they call it the 12s. 12s. Yes, the because A&M uh, pulled the rug out from under them on that one. Yeah, that's right. They had a license or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. And another uh, interesting note, I played. So now, you know, Texas is obviously moving to the SEC, and we're going to play A&M again every year, which we have to do. Uh, but the last game Texas played uh, against A&M was in 2012 at Kyle Field. Yep. And it was the only time uh, that I was, when I was at Texas, that I got to play against them, right? So I'm on the sideline, you know, standing there in uniform, and all of a sudden I hear this very familiar song that the A&M band is playing. They're playing the Ballad of the Green Beret. <laughs> and for okay. a split second, in all my arrogance, I was like, oh, they're playing this for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the cadets. It's just one of the songs the bands play. Yeah. But they had no idea there's a Green hey. Bray on the field. The only one on the field oh is wearing my. burn orange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That yeah. game will always stick out in my memory because A&M had it won essentially and then made some really dumb penalties. I think it was was it Johnny Jolly that hit Case so far out of bounds they could have been getting water together. They had they had that. They had uh, there was a. Uh, a head-to-head -head on a pass to Mike Davis. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. over his head. It was yeah. probably uncatchable. Um, but somebody, you know, helmet-to-helmet -helmet got called. 15 yards. On, like, third and 17 yeah. or something. You know, and yeah. then all of a sudden, first down. And the rest is history. Justin Tucker from 40 yards. That's where the legend began. Yeah. You know, and then Tuck hasn't missed a kick since. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't remember the last time a University of Texas kicker, I'm a lifelong Nebraska fan, and they've daggered them many times, missed a kick when it was a critical moment. There may have been one when they kind of went through this little struggle. Yeah, but I don't, but you might I, not be wrong. Even then it was Dicker the kicker. Dicker the kicker. To beat, uh, it beat Oklahoma one yep. time. And yep. so you've been, you're a veteran of this right now. You, you've been, you've been doing this, the radio row. And, and, and now what you're, are you working with Jay Glazer? Is that right? Yeah, with yeah the, on MVP. Yeah, yep. trying to merge uh, military veterans and athletes yep. from jerseys or what they wore camouflage fatigues whatever into real life that's yeah. not easy to do that that's no. a tough transition it is a tough transition and it's like i think some people think it's a real tough comparison to make when you first hear because i did like you can't compare war and sports you know what i mean but like that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the person who puts that uniform on every day you know who sacrifices quite a bit to be elite uh who has that camaraderie and mission and someone that their career typically ends pretty young and you feel like you'll never be great again you sort of peaked that's very similar you know and so what we're doing with mvp is we're recreating that locker room giving them that um i guess just that community and reminding them of like who they are like they're the person who sacrificed so much to get to that point they're the person who beat out everybody else they're the person who didn't quit you know and then maybe one day like me they did get cut you know or their time ended in the military and you still got a lot of life left, and you're still that person. You're still capable of so much. So it's like, what are you going to do next? Let's figure this out together. Walk this walk together, as Jay likes to say. And, uh, you know, just like you didn't do in the military, you didn't do on the football field, which is quit. Like, can't quit now, but that's over. There's still, there's still a lot of great things you can do. You know, day one after a military career and an athletic career is kind of the same thing. Because if you're an athlete, you're, everything is structured. Like, there's... And the mil in the military, it's it's even more so. Like you never once had a day as a Green Beret where you woke up in the morning like, "Hey, what are we doing, Sarge?" And right. like, "Whatever you want." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, no. never, you never. That's kind of scary. It's like yeah. it's I, I I say this all the time, but it's like it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. You're like, I can do whatever I want, and then you're just like, 
Well, I've not what, done that. But like, what never, do I do? Yeah. Like, where do I start? I have too many. It's almost like too many choices and options, and it could be kind of daunting. Like, what if I pick the wrong thing and, you know, spend all this time going down this path, and it's not even what I want? And, you know, that's that, people get anxiety over that. It's a blessing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not like that everywhere. We're very lucky to live where we are and have what we have, as imperfect as it is, to have those opportunities. And that's because of, you know, our forefathers that you know mm -hmm. fought for that stuff. But at the same time, like it's, you know, it yeah. can be intimidating yeah. just to sit there and think like, well, what? Okay, I, so I was behind a, you know, I was behind a rifle for 25 years, not me, but like, I'm just saying, the typical person that has that long career, uh, or even five years. And now it's like, what, like, what am I actually good at that I can do in the real world? Yeah. Can't do that, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I get, unless you transition to law enforcement or something, but it's like, it's hard to sit there and imagine like what that, where that translates. Same with sports. It's like, well, besides broadcasting, right. as an athlete, a lot of them think like, what else can I do? All I know is football. And it's just like, no, you know a lot more than you realize. I, Paul's father fought on the lines in, in Vietnam for the in the uh, army. My dad was a Naval Academy graduate, never was running the lines, but was at Tonsonut in Vietnam, and he was a part of a couple of wars. But he he wanted, he was a long time career. Yeah. military he right. struggled he wanted they tried to get insurance it's, it's not the same and he really struggled with that i i wish you would have had somebody at that time understand well, because of guys, the protocol that you have as a military man those guys i mean the, the the ones who did the most work for veterans were the vietnam vets because they were not treated mm -hmm. well you know guys came back from world war ii Less so in Korea, but in World War II, and they were very much, uh, you know, sort of worshipped and right. heroes. And, and same with parades. Us. And, yeah, yeah, same with us at some level. Maybe not yeah. the parades, but like the thank you for your service thing. Right. And I think a lot of that was trying to make up for that guilt of how those Vietnam vets were treated. But even while they were treated like that, they still fought for so many veteran rights and did a lot to get the VA where it is. It's not perfect, but it's way better than it was, you know, in a lot of these organizations. My, my dad died uh, almost nine years ago, but he lived a lot longer because the VA uh, saved his life uh, with PTSD. And, and so you got to you got to you got to dedicate that and thank the that's the Vietnam era. And he and he after that put a lot of his free time. That was his like because he, you know, military right to working for a company and then he was retired. It was really tough for him to be right. retired. And then when he finally got into the you know got help for his ptsd in the va like he was the guy i knew when i was a kid again and he had a couple rough years and then he dedicated all his time to like free time to like hey i'm gonna help these veterans right also he knew how to get uh people to help him build a deck because they're bored at the va and he went and said hey i need to help you know build this fence are you talking about a pitch deck on yeah. your laptop or a <laughs> no, physical no, deck like, like no. a, <laughs> and he had a guy come and he was because he was a carpenter before he went yeah. in the military his dad was a carpenter and he knew right. all that he went in the military got hurt and they were they had him doing this occupational therapy where he was like making um like bowls and stuff and he's like i'm gonna go nuts and he's like can i just take him out here and have him hammer some nails that he yeah, wants to do. It's great. great. So yeah, um, that's very yeah. cool. Nate, yeah. how much of what Jay Glazer has publicized his depression and things like that that he's fought? Do you think led him to this part of what you guys are doing? I think a great amount. You know, he, he I think a big, big piece of it's that. Also, he was in New York uh, during 9/11, and so he remembers the jets, oh, yeah. the jets flying over, and he's like, that's a that's a that's a key memory for him. Because he was like, he was afraid. He could, they couldn't find his best friend who had, uh, had passed. They didn't know that yet, but they were looking for him. Um, but he said he heard those jets, saw those jets fly over, and he was like, 
oh, thank God we're safe. You know what right. I mean? Just like that right. feeling of like, we're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, and so obviously the connection with sports, you know, MMA and football. Sure. Uh, for most of his life, he's worked in that space and he's very tight with a lot of those players that have struggled and coaches even that struggled when it ends because that even more than the military it's often not on your terms it's just you're just cut one day you know that's right and it just happens and, and you're, you're just like yeah you're not prepared if your you're, phone may not ring again no and if you're thinking about plan b you're not focused on plan a so it's tough to do that you know like people are like oh you gotta have a backup plan but i mean i hear that but when you're in it, you don't, you can't think that way, or you're mm -hmm. gonna. The backup plan is gonna be happening sooner than it should. I've heard yeah. players say that if you ever think about retiring, retirement, you are retired. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard that. But I've that heard, makes, that I've makes heard, sense. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you um, played for Mac Brown. Yep. Uh, who is still going at North Carolina? Yeah. And still very Mac Brown. Yep. Uh, love Mac Brown. Love uh, and you also played for Pete Carroll, who yeah. is now. Uh, he's, he's having to do a little of that. Uh, I mean, with, uh, if I played for the two coaches that coached against each other in probably the greatest college football yeah, game perhaps, ever, at least yeah, one well, of them, I think top five. So. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. And, and individual championship game. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. What, what is it, I mean, to be a former Pete Carroll player, to, to think about the Seahawks not being coached by Pete Carroll? Yeah, it's, 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 I, it's hard to imagine. And I, only, and I was only there five months, right? Yeah. I was there OTAs, training camp, preseason. Uh, but enough to get a sense of like how it, how it works down there, the culture, and mm -hmm. it's very much. And I've been around and spoken to a lot of other teams and been around it at some level. And I don't want to say I know because I was in the locker room for a day or two. Yeah. But it was different there. It felt that college culture, you know, that camaraderie, really getting to know your teammates. That was really important to Pete, and it showed. And then like this pos this positive style of coaching, where it's like he went through the stressful. You know, the, in, with the, I think the Jets and the Pats, right? Right. Where he just was a high-stress guy. And it wasn't fun, and, it, and he didn't win. And then he went to USC, completely changed his methodology, you know, started working with sports psychologists, and just like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to feel that way. I want to have fun. This is supposed to be fun. And, you know, it just sort of transformed the way that he coached and the staff that he built. And then they almost won three straight natties. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then he goes to Seattle and builds that. And... Uh, the, the, you know, everything was about competing, yes, but it was like, what I remember is like the only yelling that happened at practice was positive yelling. If somebody screws up, especially at the NFL level. More reinforcement stuff. They, yeah. yeah, and if they screw up the NFL level, they know they screwed up. Yeah. You just like dog cussing them and throwing your hat, and it doesn't, it's just gonna create more of an animosity. Someone's mm -hmm. gonna be, they're gonna be playing on their heels now, trying to not make a mistake. Instead, just take that player aside and be like, hey, if you don't fix it, like, you're either not going to play or you're going to be gone. And you, and you know that. So, yeah. like, we just got to fix it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's that simple. And that's it. And it, I think that when you respect and treat people that way, because these are men, you know what I mean? Uh, especially at that level. They're making most of them, or not most of them, but a lot of them are making more than you are as mm -hmm. a coach. Like, you have, to, you have to treat them in that manner, I think. You, you uh, were one of the last few teams at Texas when they were, they were still, they were starting to drop a little bit. Yeah, we were like and, eight and five, nine and four when but, I was but there. But still winning and getting to bowl games. And then there's right. been this off and on drought. What are your thoughts about what Steve Sark Sarkeesian has done to get him on the precipice of playing for the national title? I mean, whatever he's done is working because, you know, even last year, so year one, he comes in five and seven, and yep. everyone's thinking, well, there's same as it's been the last couple guys we've had, right? Uh, which was tough. And next year, the next year, I think it's eight and five. I think we, or 
maybe even seven and six. My lot. We lost the bowl game. We lost to Washington. So yeah, not much better, but a little bit better. And they they, they hung in in these close games, and you know, kind of won more than the year before, where we lost every close game, right? And then this year, once again, like it's not like our numbers were off the charts, but. We were in a lot more close games, but we like figured out how to win. And there's Kansas guys, State, Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only one TCU. was Oklahoma. Yeah, TCU. Yeah. yeah. And Oklahoma, we should have won. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Well, we had it, it. We had the ball late down there, tied. That was a clock management thing, and I bet I bet Sark would own it. But all we had to do was run the clock out and kick a field goal, and he was trying to go for the you know go yeah. for the jugular, and we gave him too much time. We gave him a minute uh, twenty or something, uh, and they uh, went down and won the game. The uh, Pete Carroll culture guy. Yeah, exactly. He's got, he knows it, so. No, yeah. but he's, you know, and, so and he's. saving. He's at the next yeah, level. So he's doing a, yeah, that, I mean, the result speaks for itself. You take a team to the playoff like that, and you're, a, you're, you're four downs away from going to the championship game. And we didn't even play well against Washington, and we still could have won that game at the end. And that was one of our worst. We looked terrible out Makes there. Makes them a little, little hungry during the offseason. Yeah. And the signing day today to wrap up a great class. Merging vets and players. Jake Glazer, this, of course, Nate Boyer with us on 365 Sports. Go to vetsandplayers.org. Yep. There's a gala coming up in April in Dallas. You want to register for that if you can to yes. be in Dallas. Thank and, you. And if you have the opportunity, uh, please watch the MVP movie. So it's available on, it's on Paramount Plus, it's on Apple uh, TV, it's on Prime. Uh, it was my director, directorial debut. Awesome. I, sh I shot it three, year, three years ago in the middle of COVID. It came out uh, last Veterans Day, and but it's available streaming now, and it really tells the story of how MVP started. It's about a Marine who was living in a homeless shelter and a former NFL player, first year out of the league, and they're going through those same struggles, trying to figure out who they are. And the cast, besides Jay, Tony Gonzalez, Randy Couture, uh, Michael, wow. Michael Strahan, Howie Long, and they all play themselves uh, in this story, kind of telling their own stories. And then all the vets portrayed on screen are played by actual vets. And so it was a really authentic That's way of awesome. making this thing. And it did well. It's doing well. So please go see that movie because you'll really learn about the genesis of MVP and what we're all about. Thanks for your time. It's always great to have you. You were on with Good us when you. we first started this new show, YouTube, uh, back in April of 2020, one of our first guests. We appreciate you. I oh, appreciate you guys. Nate Boyer with us. Again, it's uh, merging vets and also players. MVP, and don't forget the movie he mentioned, 365 Sports in Vegas. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.